Does your typical estate manager sort of really know that a Birkin bag is $35,000 sitting there on the shelf and then your principal has a collection of them? Just think about that. If that's what you're tasked with, helping your principal protect these things, then you really have to be knowledgeable about it. And I'm in love with this good life. Can't give it up. Make it to the top. Keep climbing. Welcome to the Easemakers podcast, presented by Nines, for people who are passionate about the art of private service. Every estate manager has a story, and this is where you get to hear them. On this show, you'll learn from the best in the business, get tips and inspiration to fuel your career, and connect with people who get it. Subscribe now and join the conversation at easemakers.com. I'm Mohammed Elzamore, and on the show today, Kristen Twyford and I are talking about wardrobe management with Doug Greenberg, Vice President of Guardrobe Online. The luxury wardrobe storage and valet service has been protecting high-end wardrobes for more than 20 years. And today, Doug is sharing practical tips for anyone tasked with caring for couture. Before joining Guardrobe in 2004, the idea of a wardrobe management service resonated with him as a native New Yorker. It was sort of a ritual for all New Yorkers who struggle with closet space to sort of uh, try and find a place to store your winter clothes during the summer and vice versa. So. Uh, we used to schlep this stuff up to my parents' uh, summer home in the Poconos. It was like an annual ritual twice a year, bring stuff up, bring it back. And uh, when I uh, learned about the guard row business, uh, I thought it was fascinating and would be something that, you know, many New Yorkers would, would want and appreciate. And that's sort of the, you know, necessity being the mother of invention. And we've been around now for over 20 years. We want to start out with a lightning round to help people get to know you. What kind of project gets you excited? Oh, gosh. You know, we've seen it all over the past 20-some-odd years. But, um, you know, uh, I I think working with, like, institutions like the de Young Museum, uh, when we facilitated the Oscar de la Renta exhibit, uh, we had been housing and preserving the Oscar de la Renta collections for, you know, which go back decades. And we had had them in our possession for many, many years, preserving and protecting their condition. And then they did a retrospective of Mr. De La Renta's work at the De Young, and uh, we facilitated it all. And we reached out to donors, um, you know, high-profile A-list celebrities like Taylor Swift and Anna Wintour, and uh, borrowed pieces. And we worked at the direction of the curator, who was Andre Leon Talley, rest in peace. So you know, uh, that type of thing was really exciting, you know, because we're protecting and preserving, uh, you know, wearable art and, um, you know, history and um, obviously the de Young Museum. And, and my understanding, it was the most successful uh, fashion exhibit, uh, you know, that they had ever had. So, uh, you know, just to be associated with that, with, with the institution of that caliber and, and Oscar, Oscar de la Renta, uh, it's really just sort of showed that we're working at the very highest level and, and all that we had done to uh, get to this point, sort of show that, you know, we are the best uh, and that um, we're working with the best. Doug, can you think of any aha moments that you've had while working with private service professionals? I think it goes back to after Superstorm Sandy, uh, when we discovered that homeowners insurance uh, has a lot of exclusions uh, that ultra high net worth individuals may not be aware of. And so we had this I guess, calamity, right, with with Superstorm Sandy. And and one of our members, her couture collection was uh, out in the Hamptons. And we worked with her state uh, management team. And 
along the way they discovered that you know she was getting excluded due to flood floods are excluded on homeowners policy which is something i had no idea about until that time but then sort of collaborating with the estate managers and and, and listening to their input what we decided was why don't we try and create a policy for our type of customers who have impeccable couture vintage collections costume collections uh, you know, sometimes handbags, footwear collections. Why don't we try and create a policy very much like an art collector or a wine collector would have that sort of speaks to their needs? So that's something that we did. Uh, we worked in conjunction with AIG Private Client Group, and now many of the other uh, insurance carriers will offer this one-of-a-kind, what they call wearable collectibles. Some people choose to self-insure, right? Some wealthy people choose to self-insure. But for those who prefer peace of mind, we've now brought to the market a thoughtful, comprehensive insurance product for those who have an asset behind their closet doors, uh, not just what's on their walls and in their wine cellar. So now if you're in the estate management community and you're working with a principal and you realize that what they have behind their closet doors when you add up the shoes, the, 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 the Birkin bags, the, the, the couture, the vintage, everything, um, and you realize that there's, you know, six zeros behind that number in terms of the asset value, then you really do want to consider, you know, would you have that value on the wall uh, and not insure that piece of art? So now the estate management community can advocate for their principles and say, you know what, you need to augment your insurance with a proper insurance product for your couture, for your handbag collections and all of that. So they have that peace of mind, God forbid, you know, there's a theft or a fire or any of these things. In the past, you know, you would have a big deductible and all of these exclusions. Now there is a comprehensive coverage uh, that speaks to the needs of couture collectors. Doug, is this coverage something that you guys offer or is that something you coordinated with insurance companies to add to their repertoire? That's a great question. So we don't sell insurance because we're, you know, we're a luxury right. service provider. But what we can do is, you know, we inventory everything, we inspect everything, we do a condition report, we do a professional photograph, and then we combine all that data and send it to an appraiser. Uh, the appraiser can give them a certified appraisal, in which case they can then go to their insurance provider and augment their coverage. Uh, accordingly. So, you know, what we help them with is let them know what they have, uh, where it is, the condition it's in, and the value. Uh, uh, but we don't physically sell the insurance, if you will. Doug, can you think of any other stories that you love to tell from your time in this industry? Yeah, well, you know, usually uh, the feedback that I like to give is, is you know, those, those stories that come from our members where they send a beautiful note of, you know, a thank you note, essentially. There was once where there was a snowstorm in New York, and our, you know, the guard room member said, is there any way you can get me these garments? Uh, I'm headed to the airport. Any way you can get them to me at the airport? Uh, and, and, you know, we went through the snow and she went, <laughs> somehow we met her there at the airport and uh, her plane was one of the last to leave before the storm. And she wrote this really beautiful note. Although we store and protect clothing, we really don't want to be a storage company. We really want to be, a, you know, like a, a luxury valet service where your clothes are actually more accessible, not locked away like, in, you know, with a key in a locker where you have to do it yourself. We're like a hub for our members so they can access their clothes from their primary residence or when they're en route to the airport or traveling or, or wherever they are around the world. 
So that was sort of the pinnacle of uh, her sort of being caught. Uh, and, you know, if it was in her closet at home, she really couldn't get it, right? She was already en route to the airport and realized she needed these things. And, and so she just looked on her cyber closet and said, any way you can sort of bring me these things, you know, <laughs> stat. And uh, we did. And uh, we were able to get her her things. Yeah, I love that you're turning that narrative around where normally security sounds like it's sort of locked down or, you know, hidden away. And instead, you guys are really turning that on its head and saying, no, it means it's, it's accessible when you need it. It's protected and preserved so that you can access it quickly. Let's go ahead and get into the heart of our conversation about wardrobe management yeah. and garment care, which is something that is really important for every household, whether you work for a principal who's really into fashion and they need a service like garderobe, or if they just are trying to balance, you know, a wardrobe over multiple properties, it's a problem that everybody has. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you hear as you're dealing with estate managers and other pr private service professionals? What kind of challenges are they facing? What problems are they trying to solve? Yeah, I think the biggest one is, is sort of they don't know what they don't know. The, homes, cl the climate in one's home is not appropriate for long-term uh, textile preservation of delicate textiles. I mean, your ski gear will be fine, you know, your J Crew and your gaps and things like that. But our members and, and, and often these principals, what they have behind their closet doors is way more expensive, way more delicate, and the fabrics really, uh, you know, won't hold up well unless they're in the proper climate. The worst possible climate condition for delicate textiles is significant changes in temperature and humidity. So places like the Northeast and in Florida, uh, where a lot of wealthy people live, um, you know, New York, the Hamptons, uh, Palm Beach, places like that, there's such drastic changes in temperature and humidity that unless you're running 24-7 climate control nonstop, uh, and you have a cedar-lined walk-in closet with humidity control and pheromone traps to prevent any moth infestations, then you really can't replicate the guard robe uh, storage environment. You know, that's the ideal storage environment. Uh, and I think the estate management, what they're running up against is your typical response about, all right, well, let's preserve some of these things, let's protect it, let's, would be, well, I want all my stuff right here. I want it all here right in my, my walk-in closet. Uh, and then the problem is very often that walk-in closet will have a skylight where you could get uh, sun damage, uh, you know, sunlight fading garments, and, and especially leathers and suede and anything with blue and purple in it. Uh, and then you also will have a shower not too far away where you're, uh, you're introducing steam and moisture, which leads to mold and mildew. So essentially, the estate managers are in a no-win situation trying to preserve uh, very expensive and delicate assets in an improper locale and climate. So what we do at Guard Robe is provide this off-site solution for preserving and protecting pieces that aren't being worn every single day. But then as a courtesy for our members, we will provide like a consultation and, advi and advise them on products and, and things that they can install in their closets. You know, like, like the pheromone traps is a great example. If, if, if That pretty much eliminates the chance of a moth infestation. And what do they cost? Three, four dollars and you replace them every few weeks. A tiny little investment to pr potentially protect a huge investment. Uh, but your typical estate management professional 
uh, you know, they're not well versed in, in, you know, how to protect clothing, how to uh, install pheromone traps and all of that. So, you know, we will provide that advice uh, as needed for um, members of the estate management community that are working uh, with our members. Doug, what are some questions that you hear often from estate managers and house managers that you work with? And then uh, I think a follow-up to that would be, what are some questions that you wish you heard more often from them? I think you mentioned they don't know what they don't know, so they don't exactly know what to ask. What do you hear and what do you wish you heard? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I hear all the time is, I never even wore it and it, and, and it doesn't fit. They're like, what happened? So what, you know, sometimes people will buy things, they'll put it in their closet and they're waiting for a special event and it sits there maybe for a while, right? Not everything should be on a hanger. So what usually happens is these wealthy individuals, that they want to have a very aesthetically pleasing closet. So they'll buy uniform hangers. They don't realize that every type of garment should have its own hanger based on the weight and the construction and all of those things. You end up using the same hanger on everything and you end up damaging garments. The other thing I see is things that shouldn't be on hangers on hangers, like anything that's a stretchable fabric, anything that's heavily beaded, um, or has, you know, like sequins and things like that, um, heavy embellishments, any bias cut materials, those should always be stored flat because simply hanging it on a hanger, gravity will do its trick on it uh, over time. And sometimes it's not even that long based on the weight. So simply the way things are hung and on the hangers, like the wrong hanger or hanging things that shouldn't be hung, I see that all the time. And then not too long ago, I was in the closet with one of our members. She goes, look at this thing. <laughs> I've never worn it, and it, it doesn't fit. Like it's distorted, essentially. You know, all we could tell her was because it was hung. And it's as, it's as simple as that. So like I said, the estate management community, if you're working with this type of customer, who has behind their closet doors these really special, delicate garments, you do need to uh, get yourself knowledgeable about what should be hung on what type of hanger and what type of pieces should never be hanging. I think that's a critical uh, thing that they, you know, it wouldn't take that much to learn those things and you could potentially save yourself from destroying what could be your principal's favorite piece. What are one, two, three things that somebody can do today to improve how they're managing their closet? Well, we already talked about hangers, right? And, um, you know, the other thing is I see this all the time is people just come home from the dry cleaner and they leave the dry cleaner bags on, right? And so it's the reason they put those on is because it's helpful for getting it from the dry cleaner to your home without sort of any, you know, dust or, or, or anything touching it, the second you get it home, take off those dry cleaner bags immediately. What most people don't know is the solvent from the dry cleaning, it's not entirely dry and it doesn't um, dissipate immediately. It sort of takes a little time. Even though you might feel the garment is dry, there's still some solvent in there. Sometimes you smell a little odor. By keeping the, the, the dry cleaner bag on there, you're sort of trapping those gases in there and they're sort of touching, if you will, the fabric uh, nonstop and, and not allowing uh, the garment to breathe properly. And that will lead to fabric damage. So some most people think, oh, leave the dry cleaner bag on. That's what's best for it. It's actually what's worst for it. So I, I see that all the time. And that's something that, you know, the private service professionals, housekeepers, estate managers 
easily could do, right? Is just say, all right, the second it comes home, I take them off. Uh, but then I'll say, you know, a lot of my clients, they'll say, oh, no, I use it for travel. I use it. That's fine. You can use it for travel. It should not be stored for any length of time in the closet with those dry cleaner bags on. That's the key. What kind of damage is done if you leave a bag on for too long? Yeah, it's just fa- fabric damage. It depends on the type of fabric. And, and you know, our customers, like what, what these designers are using to design their couture pieces these days, it, it's not uh, run-of-the-bill garments like J. Crew and Gap that can withstand that kind of thing. So they're really delicate. And um, the trapping of that gas, uh, that's where you sort of put on a blouse and it separates at the shoulder or something like that. And you're like, what happened? Uh, I, I've barely worn it. The fashion designers, all they care about is the look and the sales, right? They really don't go to the next level and think, well, how is my customer going to clean this thing? How is my customer going to uh, preserve this garment? That's really, really far back in their mind if they're even thinking about it at all. So really, it's up to the buyer of the clothing to figure out and their team to figure out how am I going to get the most wears out of this thing. And one thing that can shorten the life of a garment significantly is keeping it in the dry cleaner bag after uh, you've brought it home from the dry cleaner. So just make it a rule. Uh, Take them off immediately. I'm not saying don't use garment bags. Garment bags can be very helpful, but what you'd want to use is like a PPNW, polypropylene non-woven, or a muslin, fully breathable. Uh, and then for your folded things, you'd want to use fully breathable, like canvas boxes, like they have a container store and other places. Those are way better. They protect uh, from sunlight and dust and bugs, uh, but they allow the textiles to breathe. breathe uh, if they're not breathing, all natural fibers need to breathe, and, and certain fibers more than others uh, see damage quicker. The other thing is like leathers and suede's are particularly hygroscopic, meaning that they take on moisture from the from the air. There's a lot H2O, right? So they'll take on moisture. So if you have, if you're in a humid climate, uh, there's moisture naturally in your closet, and the leathers and the suede will sort of absorb that moisture, and then that's where you end up with that smell of mildew. And if you're not, if it's like your second home that you're only there two, three months a year, by the time you come back eight months later, you've got a full-flown mold mold problem uh, that you'll need remediation for, uh, just because you know you have moisture from the um, humidity uh, in, in your footwear and your handbag collection. Let's say I am an estate manager working on a new property. We've got the chance to build a dream closet. What should that estate manager and their principal keep in mind? Oh, that's, that's a great question. So like I said, uh, location, location, location. Ideally, uh, no windows or skylights. I know a lot of people like that. If you do want to have a window or a skylight, make sure you have a UV filter to avoid sun fading and things like that. Um, you really want to sort of figure out how much space the, uh, your principal needs. And, and then you want to have ample space because most of the closets I see I see garments sort of smushed together. What we always say is one inch in between. Leave that one inch in between as a rule. Because what happens when garments press against each other, what can often happen is what's called dye fading. So like uh, denims are dyed, leathers and suede, obviously, you know, these are cowhides, right? And then they're dyed to pink or purple or whatever they are. 
uh, when they rub up against each other in the closet because they're smushed over time, the dye will transfer. And then you'll sort of see your denim has rubbed off on, on your leather jacket. And that's extremely hard, even for the best garment care professionals to get out. So ample space, proper uh, hangers, right? Like I said, it's not just, all right, let's get all the huggable, thin hangers, space-saving hangers. For certain garments, those are fine. And, and, but for, you know, a heavy coat and things like that, they need the wide shoulder hangers. Um, you know, a lot of things, you should be um, hanging pants with the clips and things like that. So you do want to have different hangers depending on the type of garments. You can try and keep them as uniform as possible, but you can't have the same hanger for everything in the closet. That, that, that's another uh, recipe for disaster. Uh, and then also setting up a section for, I, I never see enough folded. I always see they build all this hanging, hanging, hanging. And as we just discussed, certain things shouldn't be hung no matter what. So uh, all knits, you should never hang a knit. You should have more space for folded knits, more space for folded evening wear. Most people are just like, well, let's keep it on a hanger because I want to, when I want to wear it, I want to just pull it out and I want to wear it. That's a recipe for, for garment distortion and, and damage. Fold it with acid-free tissue in the creases, put it in a breathable box, and then the night of the big dance, uh, whip out your steamer and, and, uh, and get it ready for the big dance. The other thing is that as a private service professional, tell your, your principal, it's okay to wear things more than once or twice. That's fine. They're not necessarily dirty, right? But don't put them back in the same area of the closet with the clean stuff. Have a sort of worn section, right? This area has been worn. So you, you can say, all right, this, I'm going to wear it again. But don't introduce, you know, you're sitting on a, in a taxi or, or an Uber or whatever, and, you know, your jacket was in that. Don't put that jacket back with your clean stuff. And then because you have that separate area, like if the seasons change, and you're like, all right, well, these things, are, then, you know, you clean everything in this area, you know, because you really don't want anything that's been worn to sit for months at a time in between cleaning. That's where you sort of get what we call oxidized stains. So very much when you take a bite of an apple, right, what happens to the apple? It gets that brown from the sugar and, and the oxygen, right? It's the same thing. You'll wear a garment. You might have gotten a little Sprite on it. You don't see it, right? You put it back in the closet. You put it back a few, oh, what's that yellow stain? <laughs> That's the sugar from the Sprite sort of showing. And then, of course, you get that yellowing as well from natural perspiration, body oils and things, particularly in the underarm area, things like that. So you want to wipe that down with, with a soft cloth, with water and things like that. And then you can wear it again. But certainly if it's going to be, all right, well, this is, uh, winter dress, and I'm not going to wear it again until next October, you definitely want to clean it. You don't want it sitting there in the closet having been worn for six months. Uh, you definitely want to clean everything before it's stored for any length of time. A lot of private service professionals are tasked with managing wardrobes on their own. Any tips for the logistics, keeping track of where things are, keeping notes on how to store them, etc.? Yeah, well, there, there are, you know, there's inventory management apps out there that, that, you know, a private service professional can employ. Um, you know, I've been asked many times about RFID and things like that and having RFID tags placed within the garments so things will know almost when the principal walks out the door, it's like, <laughs> beep, it's out of the closet, beep, it's back in the closet. The thing is with the typical guard robe customer, these things are high-end couture pieces, vintage pieces, just the, the, the act of sewing in the um, RFID tag could actually diminish the value of things. So our typical customer would never go for that. 
Um, but yeah, you know, what we do at Gardrobe is pretty simple. Everything is broken down by designer, size, color, fabric, season. We take photographs. We do detailed descriptions. So when something comes back, uh, when we use our database, uh, whether it's the Gardrobe Cyber Closet or some, you know, um, inventory management app that the, that the estate manager is utilizing, we've created enough descriptive information to make it easy to filter things and to sort of sign things in and out. But yeah, I mean, a, a service like Gardrobe takes that task off the estate manager's plate and puts it on the wardrobe manager at Gardrobe's plate. And really, the estate manager is just facilitating. Uh, so we're working at the estate manager's direction. Any lessons learned around that descriptive information about how to capture that and sort of any common mistakes in terms of capturing that descriptive information? A lot of things look alike, right? I mean, so that that's the, you know, we, we really want to make sure that if we have things that look alike, that's why we take the photos, that's why we're so descriptive and, and we note the size and, and different notes on the labels and things like that. A lot of our clients will have the exact same item in different sizes. So, you know, things like that, whereas you would just say, oh, this is that item. Never just assume, right? You know, take the time, look at the size. Uh, there might be some different, you may look exactly the same, but it's a different designer. Uh, so there's a little things like that that can help you sort of uh, with those pitfalls and, and making those simple mistakes. So, you know, in, in the early days, yeah, I think we made those type of mistakes. Uh, but over time, um, you know, by being so descriptive and by having the photos, when an estate manager first comes in, that's a tough task, right? Because they're trying to learn it all. But then over time, you, you start to um, know your principal's uh, likes and dislikes and their, and their preferences and all of that. And you get to familiar with their wardrobe. And you, and you know what they like to take on this vacation. And you know what they take on that vacation. So, you know, you can take those types of notes and, and sort of, you know, improve each and every trip. Yeah, you mentioned estate managers are very busy and any private service professional is has a lot on their plate and principals are very busy. Why should wardrobe management be a priority? And do you think it's too often an afterthought? And what are the risks of that being an afterthought? Yeah, well, the typical wardrobe customer, I mean, I think they view their wardrobe as one of the most important things in their life. So, you know, I would imagine some ultra high net worth, you know, it's their art or it's their wine. They love their clothes, right? And they're passionate and they have a collector's mindset. And it's not so much, oh, I want to have this piece uh, that I dog-eared in Vogue. It's like, I need to have it. And so when they have that mindset where they really love their clothes, the estate manager's role there, they have to recognize that this is the asset that is, uh, you know, dear to their heart. And they do have to sort of take care of it preserve it, uh, keep it accessible, and then learn to advocate for, for, for their principles. Your typical dry cleaner on the corner has no business handling couture. So like an estate manager, like a, a really quality estate manager might move on from one family to another family, but they should bring that knowledge with them. Like, oh, don't use Joey's 24-hour cleaner or one-hour cleaner on the corner, they have no business handling couture, and they would tell you that if you ask them. But they'll 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 charge you for anything you bring them, and they'll try and clean it whether they uh, you know destroy it or not. So you know, sort of knowing you know, not all dry cleaners are are, are treated the same. Knowing, telling your principal, hey, you bought that fur, you can't keep that fur here in your closet over the summer. You have to pay for the cold storage. That otherwise, you shouldn't have bought the fur. You should really just factor in 
that $85 a year, uh, that's what we charge, or, you know, some of the department stores charge significantly more, but you just have to factor that in when you buy that fur. Otherwise, you know, don't buy it because uh, it, it's not going to last. An estate manager, there's a lot to know about textiles and preservation and, and garment care, uh, but if, you know, to really be at uh, on, on top of your game as an estate manager, I would say uh, it's just a matter of time before you work with that principal who considers you know their handbag collection extremely, extremely important to them. Uh, and, and you want to be able to um, be knowledgeable and, and, and help them protect it and, and, um, and not make that simple mistake. Uh, that could ruin, like I said, their favorite piece and, and end up where you have, you know, a, a serious issue of friction between uh, you and your principal. Uh, random question, but maybe you already have a vision of this. Where do you see the future of wardrobe management going? You know, we cater to within the 1% that they always talk about. Uh, within that 1%, we're catering to 1% who have this over-the-top, impeccable wardrobe. For that type of customer, we've sort of, Guardrobe has sort of carved out its niche and created this thing. I, I think the way you see the sort of the mass market, if you will, or your average consumer, what you're seeing is a lot more recycling of wardrobe and wearing things and then selling them online and buying vintage or buying you know pre-loved clothing and things like that. So what I think probably the future is sort of ha most people will have some sort of digital inventory of their wardrobe uh, and they'll sort of be um, trading, right? A, a lot of people will be trading. But the customer at our level, they're not a real, real customer. They're, they're more of a collector's mindset. So I think it's important for the estate managers to understand sort of, you know, the, the, there's people who sort of wear things a couple times and they're like, well, I've worn it a few times, so let's sell it on the real real and get something. That's not our customer's mindset. Our, our customer's mindset is preserve, protect, keep, create an archive, save it for their daughters or their granddaughters. It's really a totally different mindset. So uh, I'm sure the estate managers understand you really need to get inside the head of your principal, right? And, and then work backwards from there. Uh, our customer considers their wardrobe management probably one of the top tasks that the, that their that their estate team are handling for that any final words of wisdom or advice for estate managers and private service professionals this is something i said to one of our customers the other day so a very high profile customer reached out about a wet a wedding gown and the mom's wedding gown basically all the wedding attire and they really wanted to store the pieces at home and i said to them that's fine. That's your prerogative. But, you know, wardrobe preservation, textile preservation is very much like the real estate market, right? Location, location, location. Just make sure wherever you're storing that within your home, like I said, uh, it's avoiding a place with, uh, you know, no basements, no attics, you know, where, where you have changes in the, the fluctuation in temperature and humidity. Uh, make sure that there's, um, you know, air circulation. Buy a, a an air purifier. It's not expensive. It, it will make a difference. Like I said, making sure that you're always staying away from sunlight, uh, making sure you're not using any plastic that's trapping the air, making sure everything is breathable. Those simple, you know, these are just the fundamental uh, do's and don'ts. Once you know them, then you can truly advocate for your principal because 
in most cases, uh, the principals don't know this either, right? They'll think the best thing to do is leave the dry cleaner bags on. They'll think the best thing to do is have uniform hangers. They'll think the best thing to do is, uh, you know, take a 20-minute steam shower when it's right next to my closet open door. and <laughs> They don't think twice about it, right? But then if you're the estate manager and you know it's your job to advocate for your principal, you get knowledgeable about these things, they'll respect the fact that you know what they don't know, and then you're really, if you could save one Birkin bag, if you could save one look, uh, outfit that they consider their most iconic, then you've become invaluable. Then you've become a part of the family that, um, that they can't live without. And, um, you know, that's really the goal. So, um, you know, you, you may... You may be working for someone who wears Birkenstocks or flip-flops and, uh, you know, this isn't going to matter to them. Uh, but then I'm sure there's many estate managers up there smiling right now saying, well, <laughs> Doug's talking about my principal and uh, what's behind their closet doors is absolutely irreplaceable and precious. And uh, knowing how to care for those things is, is just as important as, uh, you know, the nanny caring for their kids. And I'm in love. Thank you to Doug Greenberg for joining us on the show today. To learn more tips for wardrobe management and garment care, check out the resources on the Gardrobe blog at GardrobeOnline.com. And to connect with other people who are passionate about private service on a daily basis, join the conversation in the EaseMakers community. The EaseMakers podcast and the EaseMakers community are presented by Nines the first dynamic household management platform built for discerning households and the private service professionals who support them. Visit NinesLiving.com to see how Nines can help you bring your house manual to life so you can live with ease. I'm Mohamed Elzamore. And I'm Kristen Twyford. And we'll see you next time on the Easemakers Podcast.